Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Renegade, Chapter 3. The day they spent sightseeing with Cash was, Tippy thought later, one of the best days of her entire life. He seemed to know New York like the back of his hand, and he enjoyed sharing little known bits of history with Tippy and Rory. How do you know so much about this place? Rory wanted to know when they were back in Tippy's apartment that he, my best friend in basic training, was from New York City. He could find he was a gold mine of information. Tippy's like, I have a friend who's like that about nah, like that about nah. See, she says she's on a modeling trip now to Russia of all places. What is she modeling? Tippy gave him a mischievous look. Swimsuits. You're kidding. I'm not. The powers that be thought it would be sexy to have her pose with the Kremlin in the background wearing fur boots and a fur coat. She'll be pickled if she does that here, won't she? Yes. It's fake fur, she pointed out laughing. But it's very expensive fake fur, and it looks real. How about a sandwich, Cash? Rory called from the kitchen. Not for me, thanks, Rory. I'm gonna... Back to my hotel to unwind. Yeah, I had a great time today. So did I, Cash, Rory said sincere. Are you coming back tomorrow? Are you? Tippy echoed. Glanced from Rory's curious expression to Tippy's radiant one. Why not? He was mine. I can stand a tour of the museums if you can. I love museums, Rory <laughs> toots. As long as I don't have to pose in one, Tippy said. I have terrible emotional scars from posing with one leg up, leaning back in front of a rhotic sculpture for four hours. I wonder if it's... The one I'm thinking of. Cash told chuckled when her cheeks went pink. I'm sure it was one that contained totally closed people. She lied and shook his head. You wish, she said. What time do people get up on a holiday week? Eight, Rory said, tipping on it. We're not big on late nights around here. One of us is used to military routine, which begins at daylight, and the other one has to get up before daylight to work on film. She said, tugging at Eight it is, then. I know where there's a bakery. <laughs> he told them. They have homemade cinnamon buns, beer cloths, filled donuts. I can't have sweets. Rory replied, sadly pointed to me. She has no willpower. Something sweet comes in the door. It will never leave. Tippy laughed to live. He's right. I spent most of my life fighting excess pounds. We have bacon and eggs for breakfast. Pure protein. No bread. Uh, shades of basic training. He said, okay. Can we have breakfast here? But you better make coffee. He <laughs> had yeah, sternly. I'm not having breakfast without coffee. Even if that means bringing it in a sippy cup. A sippy cup? Tippy keys. Tippy tees. I look sexy holding a sippy cup. He replied and the smile on his lips was a genuine one. It had been a long time since he smiled at a woman and meant it. Well, except for Christine Bell Gaines. But she was married to his best friend now. Well, I'm having a sandwich before I go to bed. Good night, Cash. See you tomorrow. That's a deal. Cash called back. Caught Tippy soft tan in his and tucked her to the door with him. I'll check and see if there's anything good at the opera or the ballet. If you like. <laughs> I love either one, she explained. So was the orchestra's? He asked, testing, she nodded enthusiastically. I guess it won't kill me to wear a suit. He said, You said Christina Bell gains to a ballet in Houston, I recall. She said, Well, just a hint of jealousy that she couldn't disguise. He surprised him. His dark eyes probed her light ones. So she moved restlessly under intensity of the gaze. Christina Bell done these days, and yes, I did. She'd never been to one in her life. I thought she was a spoiled little princess, Tippy commented. I was wrong all the way down the line. She's a very special person. <laughs> Judd's lucky.
Yes, he is. He had to get Christina Bible was still a sore spot with him. They dote on the twins. Babies are nice, he said. Rory was precious even at the age of four. She smiled wistfully. Every day's an adventure with a child. I wouldn't know. She looked up, surprised at the expression on his lean hard face. He burned his eyes. I've got to go. I'll see you in the morning. He let go of her hand and let her, left her standing. She divined that something in his past had wounded him deeply, something to do with children. Dad had told her that he thought Cash had been married once, but no more than that. He was a puzzle, but he appealed to her in ways no other man ever had. Cash arrived at 8 sharp the next morning, carrying a silver-toned coffee holder on one hand and a paper sack in the other. I make coffee, she said quickly, he lifted it before Vanilla, vanilla cappuccino, he said, waving it under her nose. My only real weakness. Well, except for these, he waved a second. What's in there? Tippy asked, following him to the breakfast table, she already said, where Rory was waiting to start eating. She's Danishes, he said. Sorry, I can't give up sugar. <laughs> I think it's one of the four major food groups, along with chocolate and ice cream and pizza. Rory burst out laughing, so did Tippy. Amazing, she said, giving her his powerful body a lingering shirting. You don't look as if you've ever tasted fat or sugar in your life. I work out every day. He come on, I have to. Those uniforms are sewed on us, you know. <laughs> he had a deep dustpan to emphasize what nice muscles we had. Her eyes glanced off his biceps. Very noticeable in the knit shirt he was wearing with dark slacks as he swung his black leather jacket onto an easy chair on his way to the kitchen. No comment, he taunted. She said, I was just noticing the muscles. She, mu she mumbled dryly. But he excused himself to go to the bathroom. Cash got Tippy's long skirt and pulled her close to his chair. If you play your cards right, I just might take my shirt off for you one day. He, per he perched. He didn't know whether to laugh or protest. He was so unpredictable. Now right away, of course, he added, I'm not that kind of man. No, she did laugh. Her eyes lit up, sparkled like emeralds. He grinned to here. Have a cheese danis. I bought enough for all of us. She reached down at the back, very where it was dark eyes on her face. Your skin is beautiful, even without makeup. He noted him. Looks like silk. Red turns, met his eyes evenly, and her heart jumped. She was very sexy. What are you thinking? He remembered. I bet you know everything there is to know about women. She confessed huskily, his eyes narrowed. And you know next to nothing of men. Their eyes smiled. I haven't wanted to. She said softly. Her gaze photo was wide. Just smile. Careful. So glad. I've kept to myself for a long time. You wouldn't hurt me. She whispered daily, meaning his searching eyes. I wish. Oh, I wish. <laughs> you wish what? He prompted his jaw clenched as the fragments of her body drifted down into his nostrils. She was so close that he could see her heart beating at the neck of her blouse. He wanted to jerk her down into his arms and kiss her until her beautiful mouth began to swell. She was feeling the same hunger. She looked at his mouth, wondered how it would feel to kiss it. Intensely, the way she stage kissed her fellow actor in the movie they made at Dun Ranch. She could almost stage cast his hard mouth. Her body felt swollen, achy. It's like a thirst that no water would ever be able to quench. Her breath caught noisily in her throat. As her full lips, I wish. <laughs> the sound of the toy explosion broke them apart. She stood up, forgetting the Danish, and went to the sink to wash her hands because she needed something to still them. Rory came back to only oblivious what he interrupted and helped himself to a Danish. After a minute, Tippy poured coffee for herself, orange juice for Rory, sat down at the table as if nothing at all happened. They went to the American Museum of Natural History first to see the Renault dinosaur exhibit on the fourth floor. 
There was a long line because of the special exhibits. One that included a film in a shop concerned only with Albert Einstein. They stood in line for over an hour before they were able to get their tickets. Rory went from one of the fossils to another, eagerly climbing a flight of stairs while the tallest skeleton so that he could look down on the massive shoulder blades and hip joints. He loves dinosaurs, Tippy remarks, saltating along beside Cash in her long green velvet skirt with boots and a white silk blouse under a black leather jacket. Her hair was around her shoulders and she was drawing attention from men as well as women despite the very light touch of cosmetics she used. Beside her, Cash felt a surge of pride in her company. She really was beautiful, we thought. It had so little to do with her surface appearance. She was pure gold inside, where it counted. I like dinosaurs myself, he commented. I was here several years ago, but I missed the dinosaurs because this exhibit was being re reworked. They're impressive. Chilling closer to time and You aren't wearing your glasses. He remarked, glass I'm constantly a Milwaukee disaster when I have them all. I clean them with whatever's handy. The lenses stay scratched and I've already had them replaced twice. They have new lenses that don't scratch easily, he prompted. Yes, that's the kind I got. Sadly, they aren't foolproof. <laughs> he lifted a beautiful shoulder. I wish I could wear contacts, but my eyes don't like them. I get infections. <laughs> he reached out a big, lean hand and caught a strand of her hair in it, testing its softness and bringing her close up against him in the process. Your hair is alive, he said quietly. I've never seen this color look so natural. It is natural. She played for her knees, go shaking. The unexpected proximity smelled of cologne and soap, clean, attractive smells. Her hands rested on his shirt, feeling the warm muscles and the faint cushiony sensation of air under her hands. She wanted to pull the shirt up and touch him there with a fever that made her breath catch. She never felt desire so toward in her life. And nothing about you is artificial. He broke. Nothing physical, she agreed. His dark eyes searched the green ones for longer than he meant to. His face seemed to clench. She knew he could probably feel her heart racing. She couldn't help it. He was a particular masculine man. Everything put him inside her reacted to such. I don't trust women. You were married, she recalled. He nodded. His fingers curled around the strain of hair he was holding. His eyes were haunted. I loved her. I thought she loved me. He laughed cool. She certainly loved what I could buy her. She felt cold chills run down her spine. There's so much in your past that you don't talk about, she said something. You're very mysterious in your way. Trust comes hard to me, he told her. People can get close to you. They can wound you. And the answer is keep everyone at arm's length. She was like, don't you? He shot back, except for Rory and briefly Judd Dunn. I don't recall ever seeing you keep him coming with anybody, especially men. She swallowed hard. I have horrible memories of men, except for Colin, and there was no physical contact there. He liked women as friends, but found them physically repulsive. Did you love him? In my way, I did, she said, surprising. He was one of two people in my entire life who were good to me without expecting anything in return. Her smile was cynical. Can't imagine how many times she get propositioned in my line of work. It took years to perfect the line that worked. You can't blame men for trying to be, he said, You look like every man's dream of perfection. Her dark jumped. Even yours? She asked in a teasing tone. Except she wasn't teasing. She wanted him to want her. She never wanted anything so much. Like over here. I gave up women years ago. Aren't you lonely? She wanted to know. 
Are you? He retorted. She sighed, studying her strong fingers with a vague hum. I've, I've got cold feet. She said huskily. Once or twice over the years, I took a chance with someone who seemed nice. Nobody wanted to talk to me, to get to know me. They only wanted me in bed. His eyes not can you? Her gaze followed his chest, where the muscles were outlined by the close fit on the chair. I don't know. She replied. I haven't tried. I haven't tried. Do you want to? She bit her lower lip and frowned, staring at the dinosaur without really seeing it. I'm 26 years old. I don't risk my heart, and I'm happy enough. Without glory in a career, I suppose I've got all I need. It's a half-life. So is yours. He keeps looking up at him. I have an even better, better reason than yours, he said coolly. But you won't share it, she asked. You don't trust me enough. He rammed his hands into his slack pockets and glared down. I was married once, years ago. I was loved for the first time in my life. I'm crazy. Share everything with my wife. She just told me she was pregnant. I was over the moon. I wanted to tell her all about my life before I married her. His eyes grew cold. So I did. She sat and listened. She was very calm. She didn't say words. She just listened as if she understood. She was a little pale, but that wasn't surprising. I did horrible things in my line of work. Really terrible. Turn away from her. Had to go out of town on business for a few days. She saw me off very naturally. No fuss. Came back with little presents for her and something for the baby. Even though she was only a few weeks along. She met me at the door with her suitcases. He leaned forward against the banister. He didn't look at her while he spoke. She told me that she'd gone to a clinic while I was away. She'd seen a lawyer too. Just before she walked out the door, she told me that she wasn't bringing the child of a cold-blooded killer into the world. Tippy had thought there was something traumatic in his past besides his work. Now she understood what it was. The hunger he displayed for Judd and Christina Bell's twins made sense now. She could almost feel his pain as if it were her own. She was deeply flattered that he dressed her with something so intimate. No comment. He dropped poisonously without looking at her. Was she very young? She asked softly. She was my age. She lowered her eyes to his hands. On a steel rail, he wasn't showing any emotion at all, but his knuckles were white from the pressure he was exerting on the bar. I won't step on an insect if I can avoid it, she said quietly. I would never be able to sleep with a man without using protection unless I left him. I think a child is part of that. His head turned slowly and he looked down at her curiously. She was right. I was a cold-blooded killer, he said finally. She searched his hard face, and her eyes softened tender. I don't believe that. He said, I beg your pardon. Rory's commandant told him that you were part of a crack military unit in special ops, he said. You were spinning when negotiations failed, when lives were at stake. So don't try to convince me that you were a hitman for the mob or that you killed for money. You aren't that sort of person. He didn't seem to be breathing. You know nothing about me, he said abruptly. My grandmother was Irish. She had the second sight. It's a gift. All the women in my family have it, except for my mother, she added. Her eyes softened on her face. I know things that I should know. I feel things before they happen. I've been worried about Rory lately because I sent something dangerous connected to him. I don't believe in clairvoyance. He said it's a myth. Maybe it's you. It isn't a me. She glanced around the room, looking for her little brother and picking him out of a crowd, looking up at a stuffed chonchilla suspended from the eyes, filling of the room. Cash felt violated. It felt as if he'd become transparent with this woman. He didn't like it. He kept himself. He kept secrets. He didn't want to be walking around inside his brain. 
now I've made you angry. I'm sorry. She said gently without looking at I'm going to the Einstein shop. Rory wants a t-shirt. I'll meet you both in the lobby in an hour or so. He caught her hand and took her back. No, you won't. We'll go together. Tipped her chin up so that he could see her eyes. I told Rory once that I value honesty. No, you don't. Not if it concerns having anyone else guess about your private life. I told you about my private life. You played. Took us over. I've never told anyone else about my child. I have that kind of face. Said with a tender smile. Yes, you do. Touch your cheek. Well, we got more emotional scars than you have, and that's saying something. We're both damaged people. That being the case, be insane of us to get involved with one another. So that's not going to happen. Their eyes became shy, curious. He would. You thought about getting involved with me? She asked with questions if she didn't believe what she heard. That it flattened her was obvious. That it flattered her was obvious. He was right. He had thought she felt attracted to him. It would be difficult for him with her past. With your past, he murmured aloud. She moved a step closer and made her breathless. You're forgetting something. You're a cop. And that's why you're not afraid of me, he murmured. Spent a little breathless himself out of proximity. Smelled like flowers. One perfect shoulder left in hers. John Dunn was a Texas Ranger. I felt safe with him. Fell safe with him. Are you making a point? <laughs> she numbered her lower lip and her high cheekbones flushed. A little. I don't feel safe with you exactly. Stir up and stir me up inside. <laughs> I feel shaky. I feel swollen all over. Think about touching you all the time. Keep wondering. She whispered while they were briefly isolated from the other people. How would it feel if you kissed me? Couldn't believe she said that. But her eyes were saying it too. She almost she seemed almost dazed. His lean hands contracted a little roughly, pulling her up closer to the long, heated, muscular length of his fit body. He followed her breast catch. His dark eyes chopped her full lips. I think about touching you too, Tippy. He said in his deep throat, his thumbs edged out under her arms, tracing just at the curve of her full breast. His mouth hovered inches, inches from hers. His breath was warm and minty. I think about the silky feel of your skin against my chest. I think about breaking your mouth open under mine and tasting you inside with my tongue. Tippy gasped. Her body trembled. She leaned her forehead against his chest. Well, she tried to breathe number. Normally, her nails been as just cash. She groaned. His thumbs became insistent. His thumbs became insistent. Desire coursed through him like a great flood. Felt <laughs> himself going rigid, losing control. He thought about stepping back, but her hips moved just faintly, and he shuddered at the last pleasure he felt. She looked up, surprised by the immediate response of his body. She knew why man's body grew hard like that, but it had always been repugnant to her before. Now it was fascinating, glorious. Her lips parted as she searched his stromy eyes. He wanted her. She started to move again, desperate to please him, but his hand suddenly dropped her slender hips and gasping. If you do that again, he said through his teeth, there's going to be a whole new definition of public exhibition and we're both gonna figure it out prominently oh oh she's so hard look at her out with embarrassing color fortunately nobody seemed to be watching he put her completely away and straightened reciting multiple ta multiplication tables in his head to divert his thoughts it had been a long dry spell but even so his reaction to me was unsettling 
She's feeling something similar. She's gone from rigid apprehension to passionate anticipation in the space of seconds. Suddenly, all she can think about was a bed with cash in the middle of it. She could almost picture that powerful body without clothes. She made a faint sound. Couldn't help look to cash to save her life. Couldn't help the soft chuckle that escaped his tight throat. She was an open book. It was flattering to know that he could arouse her with such innocent love play. She stirred him up too, but he didn't trust her. Or did he? He never told another living soul about his wife. As if seeking comfort, her beautiful, immaculate hand went to his shirt and pressed there unsteadily. She kept the discreet distance between her body and his. She didn't dare look up at him. She never felt so insecure, so shy, so shy. She never felt so happy or so stimulated. His big hands caught her tiny waist and pressed there around him. People were moving, talking, laughing, but they were alone in the world. It was a sensation Cash could never remember feeling in his life. I could hurt you, you know, and I don't mean physically. I'm a bad risk. I'm too used to my own space. I don't share. I don't feel much emotion anymore. <laughs> Sounded vulnerable. She was fascinated. Her soft green eyes looked up into his terminally dark ones. It was like lightning striking. She actually got a breath, and it was audible. I feel things I never dreamed I could. His hands jerked on her waist. It would be suicide, he said roughly. She remember lied from a book, and her eyes were brilliant as she whispered. Faint reason. Well, do you want to live forever? He broke the, it broke the tension, he laughed. Her face was green. I didn't know if I could be with a man even a few days ago, she confessed. But I'm almost sure I could be with you. I know I couldn't. <laughs> now he looked fascinated to He stuttered and wrapped himself. What end to be? He asked her a minute. Her mind wasn't working. Her body felt Bruce would need end. She asked willingly. She asked I do not want to get married again, he said flatly. Period. Her eyes widened and she realized what she'd been insinuating. She had just enough wit left to spare herself any more of it. <laughs> now, just wait a minute, Buster, she said. That was not a proposal of marriage. I hardly know you. Can you cook and clean house? Do you know how to keep a checkbook? Can you darn... A sack? And what about shopping in the mall? I absolutely could never think seriously about a man who did not like to shop. At least twice, deliberately, and twisted his ear. Could you say that again, he asked politely. Like my brain took a brief recess. Because all that, I have high standards for a prospected husband. And you aren't even in the running yet, she continued him on a bandage. Stop rushing your fences, Grier. You're only on probation here. His dark eyes twinkled. Okay, he dropped. She pulled away from him with a toss of her head. Don't get a swelled head just because I agreed to go out with you. Remember that we have a chaperone, so don't get any ideas. We had smile. Okay. Do you know any two-syllable words? He grinned wrinkly and started to speak. Don't you dare say it! His eyebrows arched. I know you don't believe I can't. I can read minds, but I just read yours, and if I were your mother, I'd wash your mouth out with soap. The reference in his mother wiped the smile off his face and made him in control. Fuck the scrimmage. Sorry. I'm really sorry. I should have said, should have said that. Frown. Why? Why? He pointed his eyes moved toward a skeleton in a clay case. I know about your mother. Because he told me, he's always on when. After you made me cry, she best not like the memory. She told me it wasn't personal, that you just didn't like models. And she told me why. He rammed his hands deep in his pockets of flap. Terrible memories were eating at him. Turned to look at him. You can't forget it, can you, after all these years? Hatred is an acid cash. It eats you up inside, and the only person it hurts is you. 
You know, he said quickly. Yes, I would, she said, not taking offense. I know how to hate. I had the living hell beaten out of me, so that was in such pain that I couldn't even fight back. I was bruised and bleeding afterward. I was raped over and over again, screaming for help that never came. Well, my own mother, she smiled hard and burned her eyes. She sick to his stomach, looking at her full of pain. Somebody should have killed him, he said in a flat, emotional tone. Our next-door neighbor was a cop, she said huskily. I've always thought he might be my real father because he was always looking out for me. He heard the screams and came running. Fortunately, it was his night off. He arrested Stanton and my mother and had them both carried off to jail. He took me to juvenile hall himself. He was so kind to me. She swallowed. Everyone was kind. But my mother could take her, talk her way out of murder, and so could Stanton when he really tried. I knew they'd find a way to get me back, and I, per I would have preferred death. So I sneaked up past the sleeping garden to go. Did they look for you? Yes. Apparently, but Colin covered my tracks, and he had enough money to keep me safe. I was made legally his ward when I was 14, and my mother wasn't stupid enough to try to take away, take me away from him. He knew certain people in dangerous professions. She had him with a weary smile on him, because he certainly fitted the category. He had a friend who used to be a big, big in mob circles, Marcus Carino. He's legitimate now. He has casinos down in the Bahamas and elsewhere, and he and Colin were partners in a venture of some sort. He's really reformed in recent years, although his reputation is enough to keep most people from making trouble for him. Cartier's not gay. I know him myself, Cashmere's. He's a decent sort for a former gangster. Anyway, Colin told my mother that if she made any attempt to regain custody of me, he talked to, he talked with Marcus. She knew about his reputation. She never tried to get custody of Rory after that. Do you see her? Fold her arms across her chest. No, I don't see her or talk to her except through my attorney. The last I heard, she was down to her last time and talking about the tabloids again. She looked up and. I just started in a new career. I can't afford to have my name splattered all over in such a way that it wouldn't advertise affect my ability to work. Mud sticks. I could lose everything, including Rory, if she started talking about my past. She has nothing to lose. End of chapter 3